It's now time for On the Line with Cheryl Wilkerson. The conversation will range from local dialogue to international. This show is meant to enlighten, inform, and to inspire. On the Line with Cheryl Wilkerson begins now. Hello, it's Sunday morning. Cheryl Wilkerson, welcome to On the Line. How was the week? I hope yours was fantastic. Mine was pretty good. Speaking of fantastic, I have a fantastic guest that you all are going to enjoy today. I can't wait for you to listen to what she's doing great things she's doing all over but most specifically on the campus of north state university behold the green to go behold. we welcome to the program brandy gresham she is the director let's see if i can get it right director of student athlete oops my phone went dead student athlete well-being student athlete mel- mental health counselor all of that that is correct. Let me try it one more time. <laughs> Director of Student Athlete Wellbeing, Student Athlete Mental Health Counselor. Yes, ma'am. So you must have 99 degrees. My goodness. <laughs> Not yet. We're working on it, though. Working on it. Miss Brandy, <laughs> thanks for coming to the show because I got a message. Somebody up in my DMs. So you need to have her on your show. We'll Aww. talk about her later, okay? Because <laughs> she is a friend of the show for sure. But, yeah, in my DMs saying you need to have her. You all all the way out in Texas or something like that? We were actually in California. In, in California. LA. Yes, yes. And I'm getting messages about she needs to be on the line so i do as i'm told brandy gresham is on the line with me today welcome to the program thank you i really appreciate you taking the time to meet with me and to have me as your guest today so i'm excited okay we are hearing so much in the world today about mental health mental health for adults we hear so much about mental health for boys or we hear mental health for girls or young people or teenagers now you are involved with mental health for athletes. Yes, ma'am. How yes, did that ma'am. come about? So, you know, it was, it, it was one of those things where when it's for you, it's for you. I want to say back in 2018, mm-hmm. the NCAA ended up giving Norfolk State a mental health grant for the athletic department. And I got a phone call and said, Brandy, this is something that we are looking to initiate within the athletic department and trying to see if you're interested in taking this position and just making it your own and creating a program within the athletic department for the student athletes. And so I said, oh my God, of course, it's right up my alley. I am a Norfolk State alum. I had the opportunity to do track and field while I was here in undergrad many moons ago. So it was like the best of both worlds, especially seeing that I've been working in the mental health field for over 19 years. Oh, my so goodness. It's really? Been, it's been a minute. Yes, yes, so yes. So let's go back. Born and bred in the 757? No, I'm actually, I'm originally from Hartford, Bloomfield, Connecticut. No. Yes, 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 yes. And so I came here in 2001. To go to Norfolk State To come to Norfolk State specifically, yes. Tell me about growing up. Did you go to, did you live in the city part? Did you live in suburb part? So it was a combination because I was technically born in Hartford, Connecticut, but then at when in, in middle school, I ended up, we ended up moving to Bloomfield, Connecticut, which is like a town over. And so it was the best of both worlds, um, predominantly black community. Nice. Because I know initially when I first came here, something I'll never forget, is they will always ask me, is is black people in Connecticut? Yeah, it's a whole <laughs> bunch of us, right? And so um, I had the opportunity to, you know, 
born and raised there, was an all-around athlete. And so the opportunity came up for me to come to Norfolk State at the last minute. Some things worked out because this initially wasn't my school of choice, to be honest with you. I didn't even know about Norfolk State until some things happened. One of my coaches uh, got in contact with somebody here and was like, well, Brandy, you're going to go to Norfolk State. And I was like, OK. So we packed well, what up did the your call. parents say? <laughs> my mother was on board because it was it was really something last minute. Mm-hmm. And so. But what what had you what had been? What had been in your thoughts that you were going to do after high school? So after school, after high school, the plan was to go to college. I had a number of universities that wanted me to come to their university to do track and field. However, my grades were not up to par. I'm with you. And with so you. when that happened, the, the top schools that I did want to go to, I was not able to go to. So I had to red shirt my freshman year. So it was really one of those things where I had to. It was like finding a rebound, like, okay, what's plan B, right? Because we always have to have more than one plan. So we had to activate plan B. Like I said, one of my coaches had the opportunity to to talk with Coach Laverne Sweat. Yeah. Okay. Legend. <laughs> Legend. Boom, and definitely. Coach, yeah. And so we they talked and coaches advocated for me and we literally just showed up here. I had never did a visit. It was. I'm serious. It was something that was so last minute. How did How did you come here the first time you came? Did you pile in the car? It was, did you come was all, the car was packed up. <laughs> packed up. My mother was. She. It was. It was packed up. You could barely see out of the windows, but we made it. And who cried when they left? Who cried? <laughs> of course, my mom. I, I'm trying to think. It's been so long ago. Did I cry? I, I know initially I was just like, Oh God, this is a little different. <laughs> this this different versus you know at mm-hmm, home. Mm-hmm. And so ended up. You know, being becoming more engaged and just had it was to be honest with you, in hindsight, it was one of the best decisions I could have ever made. What what did you participate in in track and field? So I was shot put discus. Yeah. So so I was a field event. But back in those days, we had to do everything that the runners did. So we warmed up. We we did the runners workout. But then we also had to do our field workout as well. Um, The teams now, I don't necessarily know if they they. That's something that they have to do. But back in those days, that was something that we had to do. So I was a shot put and a discus thrower. And um, in addition to that, I ended up joining a choir, got a scholarship to sing with Dr. Carl Haywood. Okay. Really? So, I, yes, Brandy. I was a part of the concert. Multiverse over here. <laughs> Multiverse. Okay. And so I had the opportunity to do that as well. So it was really the best of both worlds, being an athlete and then being able to be involved on the music side of things and just becoming acclimated to the newer culture because there was a culture shift, believe it or not, with me transitioning from Connecticut to here. And what was your major? Psychology. Psychology. Yes. Why psychology? So I have always been intrigued by what makes people tick, like the why. Why do you do what you do? And, um, I know initially when I started out and it shifted over the years, I never forget one of the professors saying it, but, you know, when people go into the psychology field, they end up saying, oh, I want to do this because I want to help people. That was initially my my thought. But it, it, in addition to that, it's, it has evolved. But initially it was because I've always been intrigued by why people do what they do. There's something so interesting about it. And, you know, and of course, being able to help them and navigate through different challenges and stages, stages and phases in their lives. And so it's it's just been up from there. 
So when you came, you majored in psychology from the beginning, and you never switched a major or anything. That nope. it was that from the beginning. From the beginning. Okay. From right. the beginning. Okay. From the beginning, my um, bachelor's in psychology. I ended up coming back in 2009 and got my master's. So you navigated that culture, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you found a yes, way. Yes, I did. Okay. I did find a way. Okay. Yes, I did. All yes, right. I did. And after you graduated, what happened? After I graduated, I got my first real job. Working in the field, I was actually working at a residential facility for adolescents. If anybody knows back in the day, it's called the Pines. The Pines. So. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. Let me that. tell you, that's where all the great ones, it was either go make you or break you. And so I worked at the Pines for a little bit, and then I had the opportunity to transition to the city of Virginia Beach. Okay. So I was a clinician there for a couple of years. How did you end up back on campus? I decided the first time around or just this go round? This go round. This go round. I got the phone call once phone the call. department got the mental health grant. And from they the wanted NCAA. you back. And, and it was it was really word of mouth. And I'm so thankful because it has it has been amazing. You presented at the summit recently in California. Yes. What was your presentation? So the presentation was um, it was titled A Moment for Your Mental Go Mad. And so the Black Student Athlete Summit, that's the name of it. It was. It was an honor to be able to present there because because it reminds me of FUBU for us by us. And so it was in an environment specifically for athletes of color to feel safe, to be educated, to be supported, to have that vulnerable space allotted for them. And I was just so excited to be a part of it. This was my first time attending the Black Student Athlete Summit, but then also, in addition to being an attendee, to be able to present to some of the student athletes as well, it, it couldn't have gotten any better than that. Why do black athletes need that specialized support? Athletes need that specialized support because their journey is a little different compared to your a regular student. I, I This is my personal opinion. I do believe that there's some additional pressure in addition to staying on top of your studies. A lot of times you want to expect you want to excel in your respective sport. And so there's an additional pressure on that, you know, for you to perform and to have it all together. And so a lot of times because the goal is to go pro. Right. Initially, that's the goal to go pro. They end up losing themselves or not being aware of who they are because their sport has been all of all that they've known. Is that with male and female? Male and female. And when does that pressure actually start? I know in elementary school they're not thinking about going pro. Well, maybe some of them are. But how soon, how early does it really start when we have young people playing sports? So I, based off of my experience, I would definitely say, like, there have been some student athletes that have expressed, like, they've known from the beginning that they've always wanted to go pro. So if they started in elementary school, that was the goal. However, I would more so say high school is when it's just like, okay, this can take me beyond what I can imagine, this particular sport, or my talent on the field or the court. It could take me to different places. And so I think that's when the additional pressure just gets a little, what, what, what could be the descriptive word, heavy. I'm thinking about Jimmy Butler of the Miami Heat as we are in the midst of the finals right now. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It might be ended by the time this airs. But <laughs> I'm thinking about the stories about his mother putting him out 
at 13 because she said he didn't she didn't like the way he looked and never having a father in his life. Mm-hmm. And the pressures that you're talking about, the the pressure for him to succeed, that's self-imposed because of those circumstances or it's there because of society or a mixture? It's a combination, most definitely. Most definitely. It's it's the internal drive to want to be great. To especially if your mom is saying she doesn't want to see especially, you, especially and a dad obviously doesn't want to see you, especially right? because okay. a lot of times, and it's not for everybody, the environment in which we may come from, it, it's the it's the way to get out, it's the way to make it, it's the way to not have to be dependent and not have to endure certain things that may not have been the best experience, and so you put a lot on that as your ticket to ride out of any situation that you may be in, and so. I do think it's a combination of both, most definitely, because I know, you know, just thinking about my experience when I first came, I, I talked to previous athletes as well. We didn't have anything like this for us. But you felt the pressure as much as we see them feeling the pressure today? Yes, but it was not for me. It wasn't necessarily going pro. It was just being great altogether. You you still want to perform well, but you still academically have to perform well. You go through things that can negatively impact your ability to perform well and and not being able to know how to navigate that or what does that look like? Because sometimes we're not even able to identify these feelings that we're having. You get what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. there are some times when you, as a clinician, I may say, okay, well, are you experiencing, say, A, B, C, or D? And it's just like, oh, my God, I never knew that this was the word there was a word to describe how I'm feeling because I don't, you know, I don't know. And so I, I do believe that it, it, it's the, pre- it's, it's pressures regardless, whether you okay. want it, it's pressures regardless. It's Sorry. pressures regardless. And I'm using celebrities because everybody can think about their circumstances. I'm not right. using them just to point them out, but right. everybody knows the story. So, um, uh, Osaka, uh, okay. Naomi Osaka. Uh, Simone Biles. Yes. Who else can I name? Who else is out there, Brandy? Off the top of my head. When we see them going through, if we see Simone Biles not competing in the Olympics in as many sports as she used to, that pressure for her to say, no, I'm going to take care of me first, that's immense pressure? That's pressure that most of us can't imagine today, or it's a simple decision that they make. Ooh, that's a it's loaded question. I, I, I think that it is a simple decision. Mm-hmm. The immense pressure is the reaction to the simple decision that I'm about to make from others. Mm-hmm. Which prob- which hinders a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I truly believe, and I talk about this often, a lot of times we know exactly what it is that we need to do. We know exactly what it is that we need to do. The issue is doing it. The issue is making that decision, knowing that this may be best for you, but then being worried about what the world and what others will think of you if this is something that you do. 
So now I'm outside of the world of sports and I'm applying it to Rihanna. Oh, she needs to make another album. She needs to make another album. And I keep saying to myself and others, maybe that's not her goal. Maybe her goal is to have made the album she made and now she wants a family and now she's doing her Fenty, which is she's a billionaire. But the pressure from the fans is that we want another album. The pressure from the fans, fans is we want... Simone on the uneven parallel bars. We want uh, Osaka with a tennis racket on her hand. But we don't mean any harm, but it is harmful to them, correct? Most definitely. Most most definitely because, you know, I feel like with life in general, we want to make people proud. I I, I feel like it's a great feeling for people to be be proud of you, to... um, to respect you, to see you as a role model. And and it, it, it feeds us sometimes, mm-hmm. like who we are as individuals. And so to know that you may be a disappointment, to know that you your views or what it is that you want to do doesn't align with the majority, that can tug at you a lot. Because here we go with, I can tie all this together now. <laughs> here we go with the Little Mermaid. Yes. And we've got representation so oh my gosh when i saw that movie i knew that i could be an actress so we don't want to disappoint the next one but at what cost do we not want to disappoint and we say i'm not going to pick up this tennis racket i'm not going to do this extra event but you can still be great you can still be great. You can still be amazing you can still be amazing and that's exactly what are they going to believe you if they don't see it Believe me, if they don't see it. If the next little girl or boy doesn't see it, will they believe it? Is that why it's so important that we want people to do things even when they're not feeling it or it's not best for them? But we say, oh, we can see it. We can believe it. I because there's a silver lining in everything, mm-hmm. there are some things that I didn't see, but I knew I could because of those that instilled things into me. And so, Home run. <laughs> Home run. Out the park. Touchdown. <laughs> and so I, I feel that, yes, it's great to see it, to, to have that affirmation, to affirm what it is that you, you know, to visualize what it is that mm-hmm. you want to see and or do and or be. But there is something that's so much greater, and that's the influence of those around you that are speaking life into you and, and just allowing you to have that that space. You know, like I tell I tell them, for, I, I call them my booze. That's my term of endearment. And so, like I tell them all the time, you know, you're entitled to feel the way that you feel. You're entitled to feel the way that you feel. But know that you are more than your feelings. Because feelings change. That feelings aren't facts. They are not. Feelings are not facts. And we have whittled everything down to, oh, the way I feel. And when we say something is the way we feel, we mean that as though that's the end of the discussion. And feelings are come and go. Facts don't. That's true. Facts don't. And I agree with you. And then on top of that, if we don't have the people around us, if we don't have someone around me pushing me up, I've got to know within me within me there's there's jimmy butler 
His mama told him she didn't like the way he looked. His daddy never felt involved. But he knew within he knew. himself. And that's it. Self-esteem comes from self. It does. It, it does. It's you against you. And once people realize that, it just makes the journey so much easier. You have that's why a moment you have to take a moment for your mental. You know, I tell my student athletes all the time or even my clients in private practice, everything is mental. Everything is mental. You mean and when I was failing the math and my dad told me I could do it if I stopped thinking I couldn't do it? Yes. He was right. Okay. He was right. He okay. was right. Because mm-hmm. like you said, it's it's if you believe that, mm-hmm. because if you think about it, if, if you look at it from another perspective, if somebody says you're beautiful and you're this amazing person, but if you don't believe that, it doesn't matter what anybody says. You all are getting all the tea this morning. <laughs> All the facts this morning. Her name is Brandy Gresham, (laughs) and she is located right here on the campus of Norfolk State University, Director of Student Athlete Wellbeing, Student Athlete Mental Health Counselor. And she knows what she's talking about, and that's why it's just good to hear this. So what is the number one problem? Is that the word I want to use? What, What are parents doing that they probably should not be doing when it comes to our student athletes, they don't, they're not intentionally, you know, going out here and doing the wrong thing by their student athlete. But what would you say to parents is the number one thing for them to look out for? So number one thing to look out for, because there's always room for improvement. So let me just word it a little bit differently. We have, it will be, it will be beneficial for parents to hold their young adults or their adolescents more accountable. Say that. The accountability is a very big thing because this this world is is hard. It is. Life is hard. It is. And you know, certain experiences that may not necessarily be the best to experience, they're necessary because it, it helps mm-hmm. thicken the skin. Yes. It helps you to uh be able to sharpen the tools and or gain some additional tools to help you navigate and go through life because life is going to life. That's one thing we can bet all our money money on. Mm-hmm. Life is going to happen. It will blindside the living daylights out of us. However, if you are equipped with what it is that you need to get through it, you will be fine. It's some, still go hurt now. Right. It's go hurt. Which, which is normal. It's and I normal. don't know why we're trying to avoid normal. Like, if someone dies, you're going to be sad. What right. can I do not to be sad? You're supposed to be sad. Someone just died. Right, right. We're not we're not supposed to just avoid that feeling, that emotion. And you're making a point and 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 we have to normalize it. We have to normalize it. That is the biggest thing. It is okay not to be okay. Mhm. A lot of people, especially culturally for us, we're really good at masking what's really going on. But then you have the other people that are just drama kings and queens, and that <laughs> makes us immune to the people that really do. You know what I'm talking about, I right? I know what you're talking about. Okay, so how do we decipher between the two? Because over here, I have a friend that, Brandy, she may not complain much, and then I might go to social media, and it might say, you know, I'm not okay. But then I have the drama queen over here that I can always count on being a drama queen. And she's saying, I'm not okay. Which one am I calling first? You're probably going to call the friend that doesn't say much. And that's only because you, you know, over time we learn our community, which could be family, friends, 
line sisters. It can be anybody that's a part of your community. And over time, you know how those individuals work. And then it's just up to you because I'm really big on proper proper people placement, my three Ps. Mm -hmm. Some people, you know, you can extend the olive branch and be there to support them. Others, you might have to let them just navigate it on their own because they may be exhausting. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that's something that you learned over time as you build those relationships and those set um, rapports with those individuals. So you'll be able to to differentiate between the two. Okay. But just based off of what you shared with me, I would think that you would check up on the friend that really doesn't say much. Okay. Plug, check on your strong friends. Yeah. Check on your strong friends. Yeah. The strong friends don't really say much. And realize that the strong friends, even though they present that way, they're not always strong. They're not always strong. And they shouldn't have to be. None of us should be. And sometimes you just want a kind word. You that's just it. want Somebody a hug, a smile. It. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and that's all it takes. It's, it, and the other thing about it is, you don't have to have, quote unquote, the right answers. Sometimes just a good listen. That's it. Talk about the value of listening. The value of listening is essential. I think there is something amazing about silence. And sometimes people just need that opportunity to share how they feel and not necessarily to get a rebuttal from you. That that is listening is an art. <laughs> listening is an art. It's definitely something that I feel like comes with experience mm -hmm. over time. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like listening is also a person being able to become comfortable with doing that. You do not always have to have something to say. Right. And all of these things we're talking about applies to our relationships with their athletes correct right? all of this. correct because yeah. you know a lot of times I think there's a misconception that you know when you think of oh that's the mental health therapist for the student athletes or whatever title you would like to give it's automatically association that something is wrong mm -hmm. and it's not always something wrong like I tell them you don't always have to just come to see me when things have hit the fan and right? they'll just voluntarily come and see you yes it could, that and that's be a marvelous feeling. It, 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 and it is a marvelous feeling because back in 2019, when I first started, I, I had to, that was something that I had to work on. We talked about normalizing things. You know, a lot of I had the opportunity. I had the opportunity to do a best practice tour, and I when I first accepted the position, and I went to California, and I visited Pepperdine University, and I went to UCLA just to see what their athletic program looked like, and the supports that they have for the athletes that fell under like the mental health and or wellness umbrella. <laughs> Night and day, okay. Night and day for you know compared to us and. Mm -hmm. My goal was to make them feel okay with just coming to talk to me because mm -hmm. we don't talk about things mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as a culture. We're, we're really prone to sweeping things under the rug, um, convincing ourselves that we're okay when we know we're not okay. And so when when it was really a goal of mine to normalize them just being able to just come and talk to me, like it's 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 not what you think. And now they will they will just do it. It doesn't matter where we are. Success. It doesn't matter where we are. And I love it because it's, <laughs> it's, it's necessary. We it are. doesn't matter. I can be at a game. Uh -huh. I can be on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I might run into some of them in the community if they're working at certain restaurants. And, hey, Miss G, you know, Miss G, I got to come and talk to you because. And it, they'll just go. And I love it because we need that. We need that. That's so beautiful. I don't mind to be, I don't mind being the listening ear because they need it. 
good. Talking about the student athletes, but I kind of think a lot of this applies to the general population yes, as ma'am. well. Yes, so ma'am. Yes, ma'am. It's just exciting to talk to you today. I don't know what other points do you want to bring out about student athletes and mental health that I may not have thought to ask you about. My only point is don't be afraid to ask for help, and that goes for everybody. Don't be, don't, do not be afraid to ask for help. Asking for help does not make you a weak person. Do counselors ask for help? Yes. Okay. You go to other counselors or you just go to regular Joe Burrow friends? So technically, ethically, every therapist is supposed to have their own therapist because we're like a dumping ground, right? People people dump on us, their problems. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's one of those things, who helps the helper? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's something that is strongly encouraged. I know I mentioned earlier, I have a great community. I'm very thankful for my support system. And okay. so I've, I've gotten better personally. We're talking about mm-hmm. leading by example. I've gotten mm-hmm. better personally with leaning on those, you know, in my circle that's a part of my community when I'm going through stuff. Well, I just want to let everybody know that if you send your athlete to Norfolk State University, (laughs) that athlete, he or she will be in some great hands because you have listened to Brandi Gresham today and you can tell that she is going to take care of, as the mothers say, my babies. (laughs) You know, we got to get out of that kind of baby in them too much now, I think. But um, they're going to be in fine hands. So how what information do you want to leave us with if there's a parent listening? Maybe they have a a child here or maybe there's a parent listening they have a child going to university of nebraska but they still just might want to ask you a question or two how can they get in contact so with they you? can get in contact with me my email is b n gresham g-r-e-s as in sam h-a-m as a man at nsu.edu they can give me a call there I think, yeah, that'll be better. Or they can find me on LinkedIn, Brandy Gresham, okay. I'm an LPC. Um, that's a great network for me. A lot of people reach out. Other universities are interested in implementing the same program we have here. So, you know, they may inquire as to how I can help them. And so any questions that anybody's anybody has, there, I'm, I'm open to them. If any, if any way I can be of assistance, just let me know. And I'm here because this is a movement. This is this is necessary. And so I'm really excited about where this is going. I'm excited to be a part of this, though. We are running out of time. We want to thank you, Brandy, for coming through. And thank you for taking care of these students. I love you for that. Also, I want to thank Monique A.J. Smith. Yes, ma'am. That's my girl. Mover, shaker. Yes, she is. You all check her out on all the social media. And if you need a facilitator at some of your athletic events, check out Monique A.J. Smith. I'm Cheryl Wilkerson. I love you all so very much. Have a fabulous week and behold the green and gold.